So, Lisa, we are right in the middle of Juneteenth and the 4th of July. And I thought we should kind of debrief on something that I received that was really problematic to me. Uh, There was a screenshot of an ad that basically has already begun to commercialize Juneteenth. Mm. Already. Mm. Already. And we predicted that this would happen. Yep. Yep. But just seeing it so in my face was just, we couldn't even get the first year down pat before they already started commercializing it. So I think we really need to break this down because it is problematic. Yes, that would be capitalism for you, right? Um, Uh, Yes. I think, um, yeah, I've been really thinking about this a lot since the declaration that Juneteenth was a federal holiday because, you know, it's been a holiday in the black community for a very long time. And so now like white people are here and they're a little late to the party. Um, and I don't think that they really understand the seriousness of the date. So as demonstrated perhaps by your um, company's mm-hmm. um, email or screenshot. So definitely let's chat. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne Gold and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. So Lisa, I got an email that to me was very problematic and it came from a retail store and I'm thinking to myself, you know, yeah, give it a year or two, and eventually we will get this commercialization of Juneteenth. And I I think I gave my beloved country too much credit here, sadly, too much credit. And so before, I I think I received this on Thursday before Friday, um, before the holiday weekend. And if y'all could see me right now, I'm using air quotes as I say holiday in this moment. But the email Uh, screenshot said from this retailer, we're celebrating Juneteenth. The U.S. doesn't have just one Independence Day. It has two. And then it goes on to talk a little bit about Juneteenth, aka Freedom Day or Emancipation Day. And it's to celebrate the anniversary of freedom for Black Americans. And then it goes on to say, this is a moment to remember the journey of Black Americans And it's one that we must recognize as we continue to work on our commitments to our associates and our customers and these communities. And it just rubbed me the wrong way because part of me is like, shoot, couldn't we get through the first year before Mm -hmm. we started putting the sales on? I mean, does does that fall on your ear differently than mine? I mean, it feels problematic to me. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, you know, 2020 with all of the racial protests and the litany of retailers and companies that came out with all these statements about they're going to do better and establish the diversity committees and donate to causes, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, it just feels very similar to that. And I also want to pick out the word journey, journey of um, black Americans. Was it, that's what it said. (laughs) Like as though this was some kind of, um, transformational coming of age journey for black Americans, which to me feels very whitewashy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm usually pretty militant when it comes to language. And so for me, the first thing I'm thinking is 
oh, journey, as in my ancestors boarded a cruise ship, a cruise liner, and enjoyed the transatlantic slave trade. Like, what? That doesn't even land correctly for me. And so, you know, that journey really did romanticize what I know Uh as my history. And so when I read it, I'm thinking, no, the the correct word for that is kidnapping. Let's talk about that. The kidnapping, the enslavement. These are not pleasant words that I like to say, nor are they pleasant words that people experience, but it's more accurate than journey. And so, you know, again, I still feel like this romanticized language continues to hold us back from really talking about what Juneteenth is for and Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) part of me is like, did they, did they consult the DEI committee? Number one, we already talked about that. Um, But, but then the other piece too, is that am I reading too much into quote unquote holiday, right? So, you know, it just seems like it's romanticized I personally think there's certain language that white people or non-black people should use or should not use, but journey and happy don't seem to be appropriate for the date. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would make sense for a white person, especially to say happy Juneteenth to a black person because it's not Mm -hmm. happy. Right. And I think that this is the piece that is perhaps been overlooked. Well, it's been overlooked for a very long time, like a cent- centuries. No, not a century and a half. Um, and then mm-hmm. um, will probably continue to be overlooked as over time, I would imagine that this holiday kind of translates into the Memorial Day saga mm-hmm. where you have sales and you can buy a sofa at discounted prices and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the weight of it, Mm-hmm. Is, is just, it's phenomenal. And I do think you're right that if we tagline something with holiday, it perhaps undermines the severity um, or the power of what it is that we're trying to observe, right? Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can't really think about Juneteenth without thinking about the enslavement of Black and African people in the United States. You also can't yes. not think about the fact that Two and a half years prior to that was the Emancipation Proclamation. So all of those enslaved people in Texas or in other states near and around Texas were illegally um, in, Mm. you know, forced servitude for all of that time. Right, right, right. Well, and, and, you know, let's be clear, obviously there was no, uh, yeah, so Lincoln could just post it on Facebook and then everybody knows that they're free now. No, this right, is a rolling right. process. And I, I'm I'm saying that a little bit in jest, but it's true. It wasn't as if it all happened instantly. It rolled out. It rolled across the country. The news of freedom rolled across the country. And there were also, as we always know, Lisa, resistors. You always have those folks that are not trying to act right. And so there are resistors who knew yet made sure that enslaved human beings did not know so that they would continue to work. Right. And so given all of that, you know, yes, I feel like for black people, it is, it should be a celebratory holiday in many ways, but you can't celebrate something without realizing how difficult it was. It's a both and right for black people for non-black people. It is not a pleasant day. You have to sit in your understanding of where you fit into the systems that built the need for freedom because that was 
enslavement to begin with. And so right, I just feel like right. we skip over a bunch of different steps to celebrate. And it's like, uh, you can't celebrate before. It, it kind of feels like what we call in, in endurance sports sometimes trophy shining. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're shining the trophy before you acknowledge the hard work that has to come before. And it's like, no, you, we, we should not be skipping steps. We should not be skipping steps. And I think that's what we have done. Right. Um, right. So like for me, it was almost as if people were saying, you know, happy lynching or like, like the two, mm-hmm. it's an oxymoron. The two yep. words yep. don't go together for a white person or a non-black person to say it. No, those two words should not go together for you. It should be, you know, something to the effect of, I appreciate Juneteenth. It gives me an opportunity to reflect on how I might have been complicit in upholding systems that were created, you know, years before me. Like, it should be a contemplative time. Um, now, one of the things that this conversation reminds me of, though, I'm a really big fan of Mayor Brandon Scott. He's the mayor of Baltimore. Um, <laughs> he is all over social media. He has a fantastic uh, Instagram account. And he, he went public uh, <laughs> months ago where he just seems to be a dope person. I mean, he's a brother. We've had lots of Black uh, mayors of Baltimore, but he's one of the youngest, I think, Um, he was sworn in at age 32, 33. So the youngest, um, and what got me about him was that over the last week or so he posted with his shirt on and his t-shirt as he's walking around communities and so forth in Baltimore, his shirt said Juneteenth free-ish since 1865. And Mm. I think that's where we need to be as a country is that, you know, let's think about, are we truly free? Are black people truly free? you may not feel that folks are not um, folks are not as free as we want to think they are. So we have to talk about all the other systems that are newly formed but rehearsed forms of enslavement in many in many ways right now. Like we, right. we have to take it all together. Um, mm-hmm. So you know I think freeish was a great way to put it uh, in my opinion. We black people should celebrate yeah. it, but other people, especially white people should be contemplative and thoughtful mm-hmm. um, and, and keep the history of what happened alive with their children and grandchildren. So it's not commercialized. Yeah. And, you know, it does, it makes me think of MLK day that in many corners of the country has now just become another day off work. Right. I mean, here in Colorado, folks will head to the mountains because they have a three-day weekend and they'll ski and that's all exciting. Well, when I say folks, I primarily mean white people. Um, and and so there's no contemplation of MLK Day and the contribu- contributions that he made um, through the civil rights movement, right? And I know that there's been a, a push for not a, um, not a day off or day on, um, you know, for MLK Day, but the fact that that campaign needed to happen tells you how people in the United States treat federal holidays, right? So there is, right. it does That's seem right. to be a conflation with the word holiday and celebration. That's um, right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. And so it doesn't really fit for Juneteenth. It also doesn't really fit for Memorial Day, right? When you actually <laughs> right. think about what Memorial Day is um, mm-hmm. and what its, its intended purpose is, um, mm-hmm. also not super happy. Right, exactly. It's not happy. Well, and, you know, I think that's where we you know, get into the the meat of what this is supposed to be about. I think, quote unquote, federal holiday to me is kind of a human human resource term. You know, it's like, 
okay, this is what's going to happen because this is a quote unquote federal holiday. That means, you know, public parks may be, you know, have limited time or whatever it may mean. It might be paid for some people federally or statewide. And so, you know, given that, again, I still think it's really interesting because holiday does not mean celebration. It doesn't mean that it should necessarily be happy. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should be in deep depression or any type of uh, fragility necessarily either. I think it's an opportunity for reflection and education around this topic, especially because it's Mm -hmm. relatively new. Now, sometimes I think the same with older holidays. Like some people, have you seen this argument on social media where people still don't know the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day? Because they haven't had to stop and reflect Mm -hmm. on the difference between the two. And so my fear is, and maybe we can give folks some suggestions around this, Lisa, how do we do this holiday right? How do we do it justice moving forward? Because I think as Americans, we have taken some of the bite out of what holidays even mean. I mean, even reflecting back on our episode on Mother's Days, you know, the the meaning of that strayed, it was complete mission creep around what it was originally intended to do and what it actually did. And so I'm just really thinking about how can we continue to make Juneteenth exactly what it should be about rather than overly commercializing it, rather than like, even with the email that I got, I would have rather someone sent me an email from with a list of black owned businesses or, or something, um, but not the commercialization in that way. That, that was just a little too much for me. Um, so how can we preserve the meaning of this holiday for years to come in ways that work for us? more broadly, generally, but then also how it can work for us as an endurance sport community too. I think there's some things we can drum up. Yeah. Well, my snarky comment to that would be not pass a law banning teaching racism in schools. That might be a good step. Um, And so I think I saw, I saw a note from Trevor Noah um, on Instagram, something to the effect of, it's great that we're celebrating Juneteenth, but in 14 states, we can't teach about it. So you have no idea why you have the day off, right? right. So then it becomes right. incumbent upon us as friends, right. colleagues, family members to, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, make sure that we're teaching the um, history and the purpose of Juneteenth and so that that passes down through the generations because we can't rely on schools to do that, particularly in some states. And so I think in terms of the endurance sport piece, based on your question, I would say one easy thing would be not to schedule group rides or group runs on Juneteenth or Memorial Mm. Day or MLK Day, right? So to stop thinking about it as a three-day weekend where you can get some additional training in and start thinking about it as um, an opportunity to actually educate yourself and gain some depth and clarity about the long history of violence and discrimination in this country. Oh, people are going to be mad at us about that, girl. If we tell these people that they cannot do their, like like my friend Shantae, shout out to, to Shantae. She says, I have my 800 years ride. You know, one of the, the longest ride that she has. I have my 800 years ride, which is usually four or five hours on her bike. Well, that's what we usually do on yeah, these days yeah. is that, oh, if I need 60, I'm going out to get 60. It's it's your long day. and And I understand and get that. But even then, you know, how could we make it more meaningful? You know, how might we 
be able to like, for example, everyone knows I'm, I'm here in Maryland. Cambridge is a beautiful area. It's the home of Ironman Maryland, Ironman Eagle Man 70.3, all of that. To me, that part of our state makes a lot of sense because it's part of the Underground Railroad. You can't go through it without uh, seeing the sites of Harriet Tubman, her home, or all those, Frederick Douglass's home as well. So it's it's inherently Black, let me put it that way. Whether you keep your eyes open to see that or not as you're passing through and see the signage and everything, I think it even goes past the um, the Harriet Tubman Museum. Okay, I don't mind if you do your 40, 50, 60, 70, but you could stop off at the museum. You could make a donation to the folks that keep the, the Blackwater Refuge clean so that we can race there and it's part of the Underground Railroad. Like there's so many different things that you could do in your yeah. area of the country. Yeah regardless of where you're listening from, where uh, you don't necessarily need to schedule those long ass rides. But even if you do, what's a way to integrate that into the meaning of Juneteenth? Like I'm, I'm thinking about what are people doing in Tulsa? I mean, we already kind of talked about that a little bit, right, but right. what are people doing where they know their blackness is built in everywhere, everywhere, no matter what city or state you're in, blackness is built in somewhere. You just have to acknowledge it. And so how can you build it into that day rather than roll on past? Yeah, so you could do some kind of bike ride or run that stops at various historic sites um, as a group, you know, for Mm -hmm. educational purposes. You could um, host a dinner where you're Mm -hmm. talking about the purpose of the holiday with your endurance sport friends. You know, there's a number Mm -hmm. of things I think you can do. Um, mm-hmm. that doesn't kind of diminish the impact of the day to just another quote unquote holiday, right? Exactly. Just another day off work. Um, mm-hmm. exactly. But that requires white people in particular to think about it, right? <laughs> to actually to, right. to feel it and think about it and recognize that right. there's something bigger here. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about this a lot that really the need for white people in particular is to feel feel it right to feel the pain and the anguish and the violence um at some kind of deeper level and so you know Mm -hmm. recognizing Juneteenth and celebrating that it's now a federal holiday is great but there's not a lot of depth to that if you don't even know the history it right there's it's pretty shallow and you know I think the other piece that you're bringing up too is that I need someone out there that's much smarter than I to do a really great like study, an academic study of endurance sport athletes and their relationship with toxic positivity. There's got to be something out there. And I think part of us as endurance sport athletes, you know, having a, you know, a lifted spirit, you know, always having hope that we can make it through the next race, what have you. I think some of that toxic positivity the residue of that rubs off on things that are unpleasant to talk about, but still necessary to talk about. So I'm thinking about that toxically positive, uh, stereotypical endurance sport athlete that says, I don't want to talk about Juneteenth because I feel uncomfortable as if slavery was comfortable. Like get over yourself. Like there's, there's a place and space for it. There's an opportunity for it. It's a great opportunity to highlight what's gone on in the history. Like, of course, I want to know, like, even I, I think about other um, groups, identity groups, 
of course I want to know if I'm running on a trail that was inhabited by Native Americans and which ones. Of course I want to. Uh, of course I want to know I'm on Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Of course I want to know these things. And the oblivion of I don't care where I am and what happened here and what atrocities happened to other people gets eclipsed by this toxic positivity. I'm just here to race and have fun. You have time for that. These quote unquote holidays are the time where yes, you can be in community, um, socialize with your tri team or your endurance sport team, but also get some knowledge and education. Education Because I see us do this all the time. We will be quick to have a, a tire changing clinic to learn how to do that, but we won't be quick enough to have a clinic on Right. This is the the trail or the area that we're going to be on. And these are the people who inhabited it here. And we want to be respectful to those people and possibly even the blood of the people who died here by not littering. Not do, there, There's just so many ways to integrate it. Uh-huh. And I don't see yeah. it happen because no. of, I suggest, the toxic positivity. Yeah. And, you know, I think we did see a little bit of that with Tulsa, you know, how we talked about that before. And I think you mm-hmm. had chatted to a friend of yours who did actually race it. And it sounds like there were there were some signs along the way, or at least a portion of the run course. And then the run did go past um, a historic landmark, but there wasn't really a whole lot done about it. Right. In terms right. of kind of race day. And right. so, um, you know, that just leads me to the point that you shouldn't host a race on Juneteenth, right? Like that, sh- <laughs> ah. that should be something to think about. And that's a, that's a bigger issue that we probably don't have time to talk about here, but you mm. know, the days, the days which you choose to host your races um, oh, yeah. are often white, white and Christian centric, right? So mm-hmm. you avoid mm-hmm. those holidays, but you don't give a second thought to these other holidays that are impactful and meaningful to non-white, mm-hmm. non-Christian people. And so right. that's something I think. Right. Well, and and let so let's look into our little crystal ball, Lisa, and let the record show that Dr. Lisa and I are are on record on this podcast with the realization that next year, 2022, June 19th falls on a Sunday. Right. right. If you run an event on that day and we know about it, we talk about it next year. How about that? We're yep. going to talk about it. Yep. If you do an an incredible race where you're very inclusive or incredible event where you're very inclusive and acknowledge Juneteenth in ways that are appropriate, kudos to you and congratulations and we appreciate you. For those who just drive a Mack truck through Juneteenth with their race and don't care, we talk about it on this podcast right now. So there's my gauntlet. I'm throwing down this challenge uh, to to event uh, coordinators, race directors everywhere. June Uh 19th falls on Sunday on 2022 we're watching we're watching you across the country we're watching oh there's going to be you know there's going to be multiple events that happen on june 19th next year and you know what comes back to kind of our like genesis point in that endurance sport (laughs) is predominantly white right so white people aren't thinking about this so they just schedule their um races on whatever day makes the most sense in their schedule right and the schedule of other races that are happening in that season and so they're not even thinking about it and then the vast majority of people racing triathlons or cycling races or run races are also white and they're not thinking about it right that's right that's right and all they're gonna do is look at whatever it is the farmer's almanac or whatever it is they look at to see if the current is flowing the way they want it to on that weekend and they run the race that that's that's pretty much what happens in triathlon how can we be more thoughtful? And I'm not saying 
rule out every date in, in the calendar because there's so many different um, inclusive or intercultural um, holidays or commemorative days. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying do it well to incorporate Juneteenth and the true meaning of it or don't do it. You have options here. We're not saying don't do it. Do it thoughtfully. Do it intentionally. Do it in partnership with champions. Do it in partnership with the Black community that you're serving. Remember, don't do diversity to people. Do it with people. Right. But yeah. but there's there's some things that can be done there. So we, we are on record, Lisa. We calling folk out next year. Calling folks out for sure. Calling folks out. I'm, I know that there will be folks to call <laughs> out. So that's that's pretty much going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, and I, th- I think, you know, I ran on a trail run today and um, I'm listening to Isabel Wilka- Wilkerson's um, The Warmth of Other Suns, where she yes. spoke about um, migration, um, the Black community's migration to the North. And so she traces mm-hmm. a number of people who decided to do that. But she also, she's a historian, she does a fantastic job of talking about the state of things in the South in terms of Jim Crow and violence and discrimination. You know, so I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm, in, I'm intentionally listening to it as I'm running and thinking about that, you know, the day after Juneteenth and it is, um, it's sickening, honestly, you know, and that's my contribution in terms of thinking about the weight of the day and um, educating myself and understanding to a greater depth, the pain and suffering that is the legacy of this country Um, Mm -hmm. and owning a piece of that, you know, even though I wasn't born here, I live here now and I'm a white person and I, I have some culpability there, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and Britain um, started it all too. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have double implications because you're British, Lisa. That, that's what's going yeah, on here. Yeah. Yeah. Double implications. I, I feel you. I feel you. Well, and, and even for me, I, what I'm now delving into, I was already aware of Juneteenth as a holiday that was celebrated amongst Black people, especially in Texas. But now I'm learning more. And uh, thank you. Thank you to Jill who reached out to me and she uh, lives in Kentucky. She's one of our uh, one of one of our beloved listeners um, and followers of the Unfazed podcast, and uh, she made me aware of August eighth, I believe, in Kentucky, and how uh, various Juneteenth celebrations rolled out once various areas of the country found out that they were in fact free. So, given that, I know that there's not just one Juneteenth, but there's many of them, and mm, so you yeah. know, I'm just educating myself on that as to. This helps me to understand how freedom and the communication and knowledge of freedom rolled out gradually, right. what directions right. it went into, who knew first, um, some people who had been enslaved for years after their family members further south, closer to Texas, were free for years. And so given that, that gives me a really interesting understanding of lots of things when it comes to um, communication, when it comes to the lack of technology during that time, uh, even Uh, the folks that chose to be complicit in systemic racism, even as the federal government said otherwise, even then, and how we have replicated it even up to this day. So I'm doing lots of learning as well. Thank you, Jill, for letting me know about uh, Juneteenth and some of the um, celebrations and acknowledgments in Kentucky. Um, And I'm still learning as well, Lisa. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. 
This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there. The Unfazed Podcast and all things Feisty Triathlon are grateful to be supported by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise of diet and wellness trends by analyzing your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to provide you a personalized, science-backed, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is a simpler, cheaper, and more convenient option than traditional blood tests, and their test includes biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from the traditional option. What we love about them? They don't just give you data. They provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. Inside Tracker is offering 25% off their entire store to the Feisty Triathlon community. To claim your offer, go to insidetracker.com slash feistytriathlon. Unfazed, a podcast produced by Live Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at try to defy at Dr. Gold Speaks or at Outspoken Women in Try. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time.